Welcome to Mums in the Making. Storm's grappling with the realities of being a new mum. And Rachel is currently pregnant. And neither of us has a clue what we're doing. And it would appear that neither do any of you. On this week's episode of Mums in the Making, I discuss my difficulties getting Otis to settle in at nursery. I left with Otis like jumping, attempting to lunge out of this woman's hands. We discuss some of the most annoying symptoms of pregnancy. I cannot brush my teeth without gagging. It's, it's impossible. You share some random acts of kindness. What a difference that made. I was actually in tears thanking her. Little things really, really do mean a lot. And we discuss the expectation versus reality of being pregnant. Wow, you are, your skin is just glowing. It's luminous. Instead we're like, I just crawled out from under a bridge. (laughs) But first, we're at episode 21 of our podcast. And we haven't quite mastered the technology we need to record it. So I do apologise for the intro to this episode. I like how I can only see, this is a new view of you, I can only see you from the nose up. Oh, can you? Yeah. <laughs> there I we go. Normally I can see both of us, but for some now, reason... Now I can only see you from nose down. <laughs> I, I, I can only see you. That's... Oh, wait. <laughs> you wouldn't think I literally oh, God, this for a living. Off. Hang on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here yeah, we there. go, live from, do you know who I just reminded myself of? Do you remember Zig and Zag? Okay, you don't look like either Zig or Zag, and oh. you aren't as grey as you claim to be, um, mm. so you're looking fab, but um, you don't look the healthiest I've ever seen you, I have to say. No, it's because I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I look, I look like an old woman that lives in the woods, <laughs> I look like... Like if you found me roaming in your in your local woods, you would not be surprised wearing this dressing gown. I have been so unwell for the last two days, and with very little explanation apart from a morning sickness relapse. Good old sickness is back, so I have been very unwell. I've been hiding under a duvet since the weekend and today I got some new anti-sickness tablets which have made me feel slightly perky enough to do a podcast Uh, but (laughs) that doesn't mean that my look has caught up with that perkiness I'm just really glad we're not these mumfluencers that film themselves (laughs) when they do their recordings like oh we're such glowing examples of Wonderful mums, because it's absolute hag city in this neck of the woods. <laughs> it certainly is. I've got kind of mum fro going on as well. I haven't blow dried my hair, so I've got like a. a like, I, I don't know how you would explain this, but my hair is neither curly or straight. It's kind of every strand for itself, <laughs> and it's doing its its whole own thing, which is absolutely fine with me. As long as it's we on should, my head, we're good. We should probably be less honest we, because we're not recording it. We should probably be like, you look wow, what are you doing with your hair? Is that a new serum? Are you? Do you know what it is? It <laughs> have is. you changed your diet? Wow, you are. your skin is just glowing. It's luminous. Instead, so we're like, I just crawled out from under a bridge. <laughs> 
I hate myself and my children. <laughs> we should be projecting the image of motherhood that we want to achieve. And like yet. a Stepford wife. Yeah. yeah, I love that <laughs> 1950s dress you're wearing and the penny is just a gorgeous. What a oh, couple. this? Well, if only you were here to smell the pie that's in the oven. <laughs> it's freshly baked. God, I genuinely, I have not left the house. What day is it? Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? Yes. Wednesday. I've not left the house possibly since Friday. That oh is how unwell I've been. Yeah, yeah. So let's go back, right, because... Because part of the reason we haven't filmed is because we haven't filmed. Part of the reason we haven't recorded this podcast. <laughs> the main reason we haven't filmed is because from how hideous we are, <laughs> as previously as previously covered. But the reason that we haven't recorded is because you were feeling sick on the Monday, then I had a bit of a virus on Tuesday, so now we're on Wednesday. But you haven't left the house since Friday. Now listen. So you're saying to me that the morning sickness has come back. Mm-hmm. But actually, having done sort of no calculations in my head and just a gut feeling, <laughs> n- I'm not sure that the, and let's put it in inverted commas, morning sickness, because as we all know, it doesn't just happen in the morning. It's just a lie. But I don't know if the sickness has ever really left. I think you have had weeks or moments or days when you felt better. But yeah. there's always, like, because we've had the fact that you thought it was your anti-anxiety meds. Mm-hmm. Then we had, oh, it was lactose intolerance. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we had, it was the iron tablets that were making you sick. Uh, then yeah, we had, I think like, we call that clutching at straws. <laughs> so we had, that's where that phrase comes from. Lots of different reasons. But actually, do you think this is just, sickness yeah I mean I genuinely have no idea anymore and I'm done guessing because like you say it's been like oh yes I think we've cracked it it's this and then you eliminate that and it still comes back and you're right because I think I'm still averaging like one day a week of sickness throughout the whole pregnancy and now it's every day again so this is like see the the kind of semi-wonderful, semi-awful thing about the fact that the podcasts that we've, the episodes we've recorded already are from three months ago and the ones that are airing now are yeah. in the second trimester. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like listening to myself turning this joyful corner and talking about how great I feel and how, yeah, I'm just ready to love my body and blah, blah, while I'm like hurling into the, into the toilet bowl. And actually... <laughs> TMI but the the, my response my sickness response has become almost like Pavlovian like Pavlov's dogs because the other day I was feeling a little bit ropey and I went for a pee and I opened the toilet door and it was as if my brain went okay we're in the bathroom this is not a drill and then I was instantly sick everywhere oh my goodness so I didn't even know that (laughs) I didn't even know that that I needed to do that. Thankfully, I was holding a bin at the time to go and replace it in the bathroom. And Sandy came through and he's like, wow, we didn't even make it <laughs> to your feet inside the bathroom. And I'm still standing up, like, laughing at him and just being like, yes, don't know what's going on. So, yeah, I'm so conditioned now. That's That's what's been happening. So that is why... I look like a grey hag that lives under a bridge, but the new pills that I'm on, so I've gone from cyclozine 
to Onesmatron, I believe it's called something similar like that. Sounds like a transformer. And they are now working today, as of when I picked them up this afternoon. So fingers crossed. I think that you feel like you are sounding a complete misery in this podcast and the series in its entirety because you have been so, so unbelievably sick. Whereas I listen to it and think, you are a beacon of optimism. I mean, every time you're handed a new pill or something else, or you've seen something online, you're like, so this is it now. I'm going to feel fine now. This is, this is where the transformation happens. So the great news is, Storm, we've got a cure. <laughs> every episode, and you're at it again, which is great. And we're eight weeks, about eight, maximum really, eight weeks from this baby turning up. And you yeah. are still optimistic that there's going to be a sort of <laughs> good period of your pregnancy where yeah. you actually enjoy it. Is there not meant to be some kind of like fairy godmother showing up at some point? I mean, I'm happy to like exchange something or, you know, accept a curse like soul. <laughs> in order to be relieved of this for the next eight weeks. And, do you know, I was thinking about eight weeks today because when you're a child... <laughs> Eight weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, is the summer holidays, which may as well be three years at the start of it. Yeah, <laughs> like, really you're like, so long. You're like, that is the longest amount of time <laughs> that I can <laughs> physically imagine. But when you're an adult, <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, okay, we can manage. Right, how do I break this down into bite-sized chunks or <laughs> <so it's> survivable <laughs> portions and units of time? And there's part of me thinking, in a child's mind, God, eight weeks. That's, that's friggin' ages. And another part of me trying to do the logical, proactive thing of going, okay, what else is eight weeks? What have you done? Exams? Okay. <laughs> you know, what part of life has taken you eight weeks to complete and how do you make it go faster? Well, Rachel has had her fair share of really horrible pregnancy symptoms, but I thought we'd throw it out to you to find out what were your worst symptoms of pregnancy. And we'll start with Dory, who is struggling with some real basics. I cannot brush my teeth without gagging. It's, it's impossible. It, it's taken me about 10 minutes to brush my teeth because I just constantly feel like I'm going to be sick. It's the most bizarre, ridiculous symptom and kind of makes sense of all the others, like the nausea and... Uh, why? Like, I have to brush my teeth. It's, it's completely bizarre and very, very frustrating. Hi, Storm. Um, the worst thing about being pregnant for me is smells. This seems to be my superpower at the moment and it's a superpower I really don't want. So much so, I had to buy a swimmer's nose clip to go into my own kitchen. Otherwise, I start throwing up in the sink. Even tap water has a smell to me. Um, I'm 21 weeks pregnant now, and I really hope it stops soon, because <laughs> I don't know how much more I can take. Hello, Jessica Johnson here. So, when I was pregnant, um, I ended up with diastasis symphysis pubis. Um, DSP, which is basically when your pubic bone separates too much during pregnancy. Um, this happened to me at 27 weeks and I then required a brace and crutches um, 
as a nurse I'm used to looking after other people so I really struggled not being able to do much for myself due to kind of limited mobility um, my husband would have to help me get dressed as I couldn't put weight onto one leg um, wasn't able to get trousers on or socks on myself and then I also had to get help when I was getting in and out of the bath in and out of bed in and out of the car just because I had to keep my legs together and try and kind of swivel my bottom round and keep my legs together at the same time um, so it was very difficult and it made labour very hard. Hi, it's Vicky. Um, the worst thing about being pregnant was the indigestion constantly and the acid reflux and heartburn. I couldn't even drink water without having really bad acid reflux. I didn't enjoy eating for months on end and it only stopped when I went on tablets but I had to really fight to get those tablets so yeah it wasn't fun. And one to make you laugh um the worst thing about pregnancy is definitely the piles and I don't think my arsehole's ever going to be the same again. <laughs> Here we go. How many weeks are you now? Do you know what size the baby is? Have you given up caring? <laughs> <laughs> so, so it, less that I've given up caring and more that I've given up believing. <laughs> because <laughs> my child in my body appears to be some sort of like genetically modified watermelon. Whereas apparently, according to the app, she's as big as a Napa cabbage. I am not okay with what Napa cabbage is. So you sent me a picture of yourself today, um, <laughs> belly exposed, and I'm going to say unless the Napa cabbage is the size of a house, <laughs> it's not small, accurate. A small bungalow. <laughs> I love it. I love it that, like, as you get older, you don't get unsolicited genital pics. You just get unsolicited exposed pregnancy pics. <laughs> Just as disturbing when you're not expecting them. And I, I felt bad, but I, I caught sight of myself in the mirror and just felt like, I mean, it, it was like seeing gorillas in the mist. I was just like, whoa, what is that? And so I took a picture and sent to you and sent to my family. <laughs> Equally as traumatised by the unsolicited photo. It was, yeah, it was quite, huge. I mean, my jaw did hit the floor because <laughs> you've got another eight weeks to go and I'm thinking, how much how much bigger can this belly get? And I, I, I yeah. honestly think it's because you're not a large person, so there's not a huge amount of space for this baby to go. So it's just kind of going out, <laughs> like, I mean, just protruding. It's almost like she's... She's not even breech anymore. She's now in the lilo position. <laughs> I think so, she's starfish. Full starfish. Like, there's nothing, especially the way she's been rocking about and doing somersaults. I just think she's gone full pelt, arms and legs out, doing jumping jacks. And do you know what week you're on now? So I'm 32 weeks. 32. So this week she will have a fully formed liver and... This part was very cute and made me feel slightly emotional at the start of the week. It says, at 32 weeks, your baby will be getting, and normally it says, you know, hair or nails, but it says, ready to meet you, which is cute. So it says, it's likely they'll be in their birthing position by now. If not, it can happen a little later. 
nice and big. She's definitely not in her birthing position, I'll tell you that for nothing. <laughs> or she might be for like 10 minutes in the day. But she... <laughs> yeah. she is in her birthing position if she's coming out the sunroof, <laughs> but not if she is diving straight out there as, as God intended. Um, because unlike Otis, who I know was engaged <laughs> from the get-go, he's like, I understand the assignment. <laughs> Mine is just going absolute tonto all the time. Oh, listen, my heart goes out to you because as I, I talk about all the time, because it was so traumatic, the sickness between six weeks and 14 weeks for me was unbearable. So the thought of having that for nine months, I, 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 I can't give you enough sympathy for that. And also every week managing to get onto the Zoom chat with me with my inability to work it. And it's just, you do an incredible amount um, just so everybody understands the context of that, uh, Rachel had to wait half an hour so I could work out how to send a Zoom link on the computer. We're we're talking twenty plus weeks in, and I still haven't quite quite mastered that uh, technology we're just, yet. We're we're women in the media. <laughs> we're media women. <laughs> we're in the communication business. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about some happier things now. The baby shower happened this week and it did actually look gorgeous. It looked so lovely. It was amazing. And you looked happy. I was, I was. And I I, I, I am between the horrendous sickness spells. But it was amazing. And I wasn't sick on Saturday because I deliberately didn't eat <laughs> during the day. And we had such lovely food. And everyone, like, you know, my pal made a lemon drizzle cake and Sandy was like rustling up a dowel 20 minutes before people were arriving, which was slightly setting my <laughs> nerves off, but he did it. He'd done an overnight pulled pork. My mum brought oh, macaroni and cheese. We had lasagna. I couldn't touch any of it because I knew <laughs> I'd stay well. But actually... What goes down must come up. <laughs> so it was fine. So I hung off all day and then it was it was amazing because obviously it's amazing to have a party in your house, but unlike a wedding, which I've yet to have, but I've been to many, where it's everybody you love plus your partners, people that they love, mm -hmm. this was mainly just my guest list, so <laughs> it was it was as if like how I imagine like when you die <laughs> you could get to heaven and you're like hey hey <laughs> and every single person there it's the welcome party that you have chosen I mean the only folk message were my grannies I would have been very concerned if they'd shown up because <laughs> they've been dead for 10 years at this point <laughs> if anyone who was at your baby shower is listening they're all very concerned that you've bumped them all off before you <laughs> oh yeah that's true I guess <laughs> But you know that that sense of like everyone in this house is like the absolute peak person that I've collected over my life. To be honest, it was so busy for the first few hours and everyone was eating and walking around and everything that we actually didn't get to play any games because it would have been way too much to corral everybody. So yeah, it was just lovely. And then when it got down to a more sizable, a more manageable size, we played some games like guess the baby and we did porn or labor as well where you have to guess whether the the face is a woman working in porn or whether she's in labor 
What was the best and the weirdest gift you got? All of them. I loved all of my gifts, obviously. But the most... She has to say that. It's a caveat. The most personal and amazing gift that I got was my best pal, Millie, made a personalised bookcase with baby's name, which I, I, I will <gasps> not reveal as yet. And then oh. a huge bag of boots to go in it. Hold on. I mean, that is an an amazing gift. I have all, I think books are just an incredible gift. So well done to your pal for doing that. But we've decided on a name. Yeah. I'm going to... Okay, but you're not no. telling us. That's fine. I, that's absolutely fine. I wouldn't... We'll, not, we'll save it for the big announce. So does that mean everyone at the baby shower knows what the, the name is? More or less. The people that didn't know were like, oh... <laughs> What's that word on that bookcase? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, That's weird that they've given you a bookcase with someone's name yeah, already on it. We're just throwing out just throwing out different names for her. <laughs> I'm glad that you had a really lovely um baby shower. I'm really sorry that I couldn't be there, yeah. but but care was off uh, gigging and I was on my own with the baby, and I can assure you, <laughs> I would have had a much better time at your baby show. Yeah, I would have been feeding you mac and cheese, Sandy's dad. Yeah. You could have had a really difficult guess the baby <laughs> quiz to do. <laughs> I was so, manning the fort solo. Uh, so on the Friday, so it was, it was Otis's settling in day that week. And care left on the Thursday afternoon, which meant I had to take him in on the Friday. I was I was super excited, actually, weirdly going to drop off my child at nursery, which is not the way most mothers feel. And I rocked up and the nursery nurse stood at the door and I was waiting to go in. So I was like, well, this is awkward. Like, I can't get in unless you move. Sorry, you're not on the list. <laughs> it, was a sen- it was that kind of stance. And I said, sorry, what do I... So what, what happens now? And she was like... You pass Otis over. <gasps> I had to do the drop off, the one where she waited at the door, and it was oh, like no. he needs to get used to this. So that's like, that's like when you're going into a festival. They're like, have you got any glass in your bag? <laughs> or, oh, sorry, you can't come in with these. You just have to hand over. Uh, yeah, oh except wow, it's not glass, <laughs> and it's your child, and it's screaming, and I, so I pass Otis over. But I wasn't ready for it. My face wasn't ready for it. And so I left with Otis, like, jumping, attempting to lunge out of this woman's hands. And my face looks like I've just jumped backwards off a cliff and I'm horrified by my decision. It's just, it was the worst experience ever. And, and, And eventually I left and then I was peering through two double doors to try and see him. He couldn't see me. It was like a covert. So I had to wait until he'd calmed down before I could leave because I literally left the door and oh, burst no. out crying like just in floods of tears it was the most emotional thing I, I certainly wasn't expecting it I was going there expecting a rather lovely morning Otis knew the vibes were off he knew the vibes were off and he um and, and, and I worried about him all afternoon and then I went to pick him up and the minute he seen me he burst out crying again and crawled towards me I just felt like such a cruel mother Anyway, it clearly traumatised the poor boy because the rest of the weekend he would not leave my side. 
But everyone's experience of putting their child into nursery is different, so here is a couple of other mums to tell you theirs. And we'll start with Sarah. With my second youngest, there's only a year between him and his brother, and when he started nursery, he really wasn't sure because he was used to being with his brother um, every single day. So it took about a month, month and a half for him to settle in because every day when he was leaving he was crying for his, his little brother, as well as his little brother would be crying for him because they were separated. But a year later his brother started nursery with him and he settled in day one. As soon as he started he settled in day. Hello, my name's Kirsty um, and my nursery story is that my little one um, went to nursery when he was one years old and just turned one and he settled really quite well um he was he wasn't even walking i remember passing him over um, and he was just cuddling to them and it was when he moved into the the bigger room that we had a bit of a regression and he became really unsettled um so we actually ended up changing his setting. I don't know if that's helpful. Um, but we ended up changing his setting then because it was the same nursery, but it was just in a smaller room. It's Vicky. Um, my little boy went to preschool. Um, he was allowed to go from two, so we only started him off on mornings a few months ago. First day, he ran in, no problems didn't even say goodbye to me. That's the complete opposite end of the spectrum from my experience, but potentially as traumatic for the parent. Let's get back to Otis now and his clinginess after his first week of nursery. I had uh, our first birthday party to go to one of Otis's NCT friends. So off I went to the party thinking that'll cheer him up, all his friends will be there. Nah. Did not want to go near another child. Didn't want to be near anyone oh, wow. else. If I was speaking to anybody else and not giving Otis my full attention, it was a problem. So I ended up spending a good 45 minutes of this blooming party inside when it was gorgeous sunshine outside. Inside, playing on a mat with him. <laughs> good thing to come out of it. This is just like the kindness of strangers. Another dad, whose mum I spoke to, whose wife I spoke to a little bit earlier in the afternoon came over just when the food came out and said, listen, I can see you are like in Kid Central at the moment. I'm just wondering if you want me to get you a plate of food and I can bring it over. How sweet is that? That's someone who's been telt. <laughs> That's someone who's been telt before. <laughs> Have you no offer to get a plate of food and her in there playing with that kid in the room? <laughs> but I just thought, what... What an absolute dream. I mean, I, ref I refused. I, I turned it down because I, I, I was a bit embarrassed and taken aback. <laughs> because you were weeping at the small mercy. <laughs> you were already embracing him. <laughs> no potato salad for me, but thank you. I don't know why I felt embarrassed about it, but I did. But I, can't, I left the party shortly after that just thinking, this is no fun for anyone. And actually, now we're putting other people out, we best leave. Um, but, but I just thought, what? I mean, really, people do go out out of their way when they when you've got a little one and they can see that you're struggling. There are people that just really, it's normally other parents and people that have been through it before, but they they do acknowledge it and and reach out to help. So I just my I just think that's really lovely and thank you very much. And if there's an opportunity for anyone else to do any acts of kindness for other people in a similar position, please do it. It'll be greatly appreciated, even if it's refused. 
Um, it was just there's a fantastic short story on that subject that won the BBC Short Story Award, and it's called "All the People Were Mean and Bad." And it's about a mum on a long haul flight to see her husband traveling solo with her little one, and it's about a chance meeting with the man next to her who then helps them the whole flight. And there's it's it's nice and very charged because you think, oh God, in another life, <laughs> it's a sort of potentially romantic meeting, but only because the kindness is so strong and the, there's always chemistry between them on this seven hour flight and then they go their separate ways at the end. So read that story. It is very touching and exactly what you are talking about when someone doesn't have to go out of their way in their day to make yours better, but sees that vulnerability or sees that need and goes, I can make a difference here. <laughs> That's the person that we all want around and also the person that we want to be, ideally. Now, these random acts of kindness are little moments that we never forget as new mums. And here are some of your stories. So, September of this year, we were having a lovely holiday. Um, on the way back from our holiday, um, my youngest son was really, really unwell, um, really, really poorly. Um, he had blood coming out of his nose. He was just so unwell, this awful rash. Um, and we was waiting in the airport in um, Palmer. Yes, Albert. <laughs> He's just <laughs> pointing to the Christmas tree. But um, yeah, he was really unwell. I was crying. I was so stressed. I was panicking and there were so many you know strangers in the airport that were really helpful you know calmed me down calmed my little one down um and yeah it was just so nice to see people being really helpful in a scary situation hi it's sophie from manchester i was on the train back from london by myself with my little boy and my little boy was sick all over the train and i was just in such a panic i didn't know what to do with him and um, the lady in the next seat to me was like, just take him to the toilet and go get him sorted. I'll clear up. And bless her, she cleared up the entire load of sick, packed all the stuff up, gave me spare bags, spare clothes, spare everything. And she was just really lovely and meant so much that when I was in such a state of panic with a sick little boy, she just went out of her way to help and was like, I'm a mum, I know what it's like, I'll help you. And that meant so much. Came in Tesco with my newborn and my other son was one. And he was having a almighty tantrum, throwing all my food out the trolley, everything, scratching me, biting me, pulling my hair. I was in tears all the way around the shop. By the time I got to the till, a lady came up and bought my son a kinder egg and started telling him stories just for me to get my, my shopping through and paid for. And what a, what a difference that made. I was actually in tears thanking her. Little things really, really do mean a lot. Somebody that is making your day a little bit better nowadays... Is Bunny early on? It, Bunny made a few appearances in the podcast just through, you know, excitement and general dog behaviour. But and you were a little bit concerned as well about her behaviour with the baby popping along very soon. And you you actually you you got some professional help. Yeah, when you were describing Otis there, I was thinking, ah, you've got a bunny on your hands. We have small <laughs> separation anxiety. <laughs> has gone from canine to human but she is a lot better in the last two weeks 
she has just become aware. I mean, how could you not become aware of my bum? You can see it in bloody outer space. But she's become aware that that's not something she can hurl herself at. Because her favorite thing would be to <laughs> hurl herself in sort of Superman <laughs> pose at you in excitement or anxiety. If you came through the door, she would do a full frontal dive with both paws. And in the last two weeks, she sort of creeps up my leg instead around the bump and is very gentle with it. So something has Clicked. twigged. So there's that. She also has started, she's barking less, and she's also started sleeping by herself completely without us asking her or training her to. She started taking herself away. I'd be getting up for a pee at like six five or six in the morning and she would just trot through to the living room and just chill there until we woke up now that may sound like normal dog behavior but not my dog that is like <laughs> unheard of this is the dog that would literally break down the door to watch me pee <laughs> so that she didn't have to be apart from me she's now choosing to leave her bed on the floor in our room and go and just chill in the living room until we wake up unheard of and then she started going at night just being like no, okay. See you guys tomorrow. <laughs> Just amazing. Stay in the living room. So she's on anti-anxiety meds, which I think are doing a lot of the heavy lifting. We're obviously applying the training techniques as well, but having that anxiety eased for her has made her a much happier dog. She's less barky, and she just chills all day now. She goes out in the morning. She goes out in the evening. And just hangs out. It's just a happy little dog now. Relaxed dog. So who decided mm. to put her on the... Who suggested putting her on the anti-anxiety meds? The behaviourist. It wasn't like a black market deal that we struck. I'm not, I'm not like crushing up my old stash. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> See how that hits you. Uh, so it's all been advised by the behaviourist and approved by the vet. So it weirdly, it's the same, it's fluoxetine, which I believe is a human anti-anxiety, but it's a doggy dose. Don't so be she's... giving your human anti-anxiety meds to No, that's not no, no, no. no, that's not what we're recommending. We're saying advice, ask advice from a professional and then, yeah, you might have the same luck that we've had. Also, <laughs> the tricky thing about separation anxiety in your children is that that's not an option no there will (laughs) when it comes to otis what is the plan for reducing the nursery anxiety is he back he is back this week um he's ken is taking him every morning now and so he is experiencing the full thing but the trick is to go with lots of confidence, really happy, really excited about your taking him, even if he's starting to tense up. And then when you hand him over, you have to say a phrase, something like, have a great day, I'll see you later. It's something that reaffirms every day you're coming back. And when you come back, see, I told you I'd come back later. Have you had a lovely day? What have all the, you know, and just really, it, it has to be like a great thing, a great experience. So there's lots of different things that we're putting into place in order to try and make it a, an easier transition for him but I think most children struggle with um with the the separation at this point because he's only known Karen and I really and so it makes sense and and this, he started to create sort of bonds with 
certain nursery staff and um, make friends with a few of the kids. So the more that that happens and the more he sees it as a safe place, the better he's going to feel about going there. So it just has to be something. And it's, you know, in the long term, the best for him. So it's something his dad and I just have to knuckle down on and not get too upset about and just sort of continue with. But... um, but yeah, his, his separation anxiety sort of calmed down as soon as Kerr came home as well because it, then it was split between the two of us, much easier to handle yeah. that way. But the, also, there's the argument that had he torn off <laughs> hell for leather and got him playing the toys and not bothered looking over his shoulder, <laughs> part of me would have died inside. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, so that would have been a big problem. I, I, and I knew if somebody, if anybody just took Otis off me, he was always going to cry. That's just what mm. what babies do. So that that bit didn't really surprise me. What surprised me was my reaction to it. I think I didn't. I thought I'd be much more logical about it, but I had a very emotional response. It, all other mothers listening to this will be laughing because I'm sure they felt <laughs> the exact same way. No, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Because <laughs> the thing is, you want so much for your child to be independent. That's one thing that. In, in time I want our daughter to be this courageous little force of nature that goes in and goes yeah yeah mum whatever Yeah, but I know that deep down I'll be like <laughs> you, you don't you need me you need me <laughs> um, and the the thing I struggled with really when I was little I mean I say when I was little like all the way until I was 11 or 12 was night time and see when you're talking about making it fun and like oh you're going to nurse you're gonna have so much fun and in making it seem like an exciting prospect I feel like going to bed for me <laughs> which I have continued into adulthood <laughs> um was almost like why would I want to do that <laughs> so it's like the like most boring most unappetizing prospect to be away from you and anyone to not be talking to have no excitement whatsoever <laughs> And go to sleep. Waste of time. So that, you know, yeah, that will be a hurdle in the future because I think you're exactly right. You have to make it like, oh, it's time to get cozy. Let's all get like snuggled up and we'll do stories and whatever and audio books or whatever it is that makes that seem like a really safe, <laughs> exciting thing. And then tomorrow, just think you'll sleep through. Tomorrow we'll do all these exciting things. Whereas I was just like, mm, that sounds shite. <laughs> I'm going to sneak through and hide behind the sofa while you guys watch TV for several hours. <laughs> See, I think it's a little bit harder as your kids get older as well and a bit more savvy. But um, I mean, the bedtime will become an issue as well, I'm sure. But at the moment, we're just we're looking at the nursery and, uh, and yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be, it'll be grand. In a couple of weeks, we'll be going, yeah, he's, forgot- he's forgotten our names. <laughs> no, and then that'll be a problem. God, there's never no he's, an issue. He's calling, calling the nursery woman mum. <laughs> that would be a killer because he's still not said it to me yet. He's saying mum, mum, mum to walls and food and all sorts, but not actually to me. So I'm still waiting for that moment. I'm sure it'll oh. happen. He'll get there. But anyway, listen, I think I've taken up enough of your spew-free time. <laughs> and I think you should go and maybe enjoy something to eat before um, before that wave of sickness takes over again. Yeah, just take my buffet of prescription drugs that I've got to take. And then rattle yourself to bed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a pleasant, it's the wonders of pregnancy. It's a lovely time. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you're remaining optimistic and upbeat, which is nice to see. Um, but yeah, away and look after yourself and I'll speak to you next week. Okay. See you later. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Mums in the Making. Join us next week when we discuss visual disturbances, hypnobirthing and water births. And remember, if you want to take part in the podcast, then all you have to do is follow me on Instagram at Storm Huntley and send us a voice note. But until next week, it's bye for now. <laughs>